Today we will begin to discuss the one topic in Jewish philosophy which has the most practical ramifications for uh, for real life uh, decision making, for real life, for living real life, and is the uh, subject, uh, perhaps the cause of much debate in the contemporary Jewish community, and that is. Uh, the topic that is often labeled Hishtadlut versus Bitachon, uh, or the question of whether one should attempt to provide for one's needs in this world by working through the natural order, or by doing mitzvot and trusting in God to provide. We are well aware that in the contemporary Jewish world, there are those who feel very, very, very strongly that what Hashem wants for us in this world is to work through the natural order on the individual level. That means getting a job, working for a living. On the national level, perhaps that translates into a Zionist orientation. We should have a state, we should have an army, we should defend ourselves. And on the other side of the spectrum are those who believe equally strongly that if you really believe in God, then you recognize that God controls everything. God runs the world. And the only guarantee we have in this world is that God rewards the righteous and punishes the wicked. And therefore, if you want your needs provided for, you learn Torah and do mitzvot and wait for God to provide. And on the national level, Certainly, the last thing you do is put resources into armies and states and all kinds of other uh, attempts to defend ourselves and secure our well-being through natural means. Rather, we should be concentrating solely on spiritual pursuits and leaving it up to Hashem to take care of the Jewish nation. This debate goes back probably to the time of Chazal, and no doubt earlier, in the sixth parak of Brachot, it was already debated whether one should work for a living, or learn Torah and count on Hashem to provide, but it was analyzed in a philosophical fashion during the period of the Rishonim. The, uh, the Rambam, as usual, has strong words to say about this, and as an opening, we will illustrate uh, the depth of the debates here with the machloket between Rashi and the Rambam in interpreting a Mishnah in the fourth parak of Masechet Psachim. Chizkiyahu HaMelech, it was told, confiscated, censored a Sefer Rifuot, a, book, a certain book of medicine. Why would he confiscate? Why would he censor this book of medicine? So Rashi taking one side of the issue says that there is a book of wondrous medicines whenever anyone was sick they use this medical knowledge to help themselves and the Chizkiah Melech realized that it was better for them to turn to God it was better for them to daven and do tshuva and increase their Torah and mitzvot rather than use medicine therefore he burned all the medical textbooks 
so that people would properly trust in God. The Rambam, without quoting Rashi by name, in his parish on the Mishnah there, tells us that he wouldn't even bother to uh, in t- discuss this topic if not for the fact that some people had said scandalously foolish things about this Mishnah. Some had even been so foolish as to interpret that Chizkiah HaMelech would have burned the medical textbooks in order to get people to trust in God more. The Bible says this is obviously ridiculous. After all, if we're hungry, do we trust in God or do we eat? No, of course we eat. And we say a bracha rishona, say a bracha chrona, and we thank God for creating this world in which the food grew, for giving us the food. Likewise, the Rambam says, we use medical textbooks and thank God for providing us with the wonders of medicine, uh, for providing all these wonderful drugs. Perhaps some drug company discovered it. But Hashem ultimately created it. So, for giving us the intelligence and the ability to make, uh, to progress in medical science, right? we work through the natural order and thank Hashem for helping us via the natural order. Tharam explains that this book which Chizkiyo confiscated must have been either a book of idolatrous practices or a book of poisons that was uh, misused by people who wanted to harm their enemies. But it was certainly not a medical textbook. Certainly any book of valid science or technology would be considered a boon to service of Hashem and not, God forbid, an obstacle. And the Ramam ends by reminding us again that he wouldn't even have to mention this terrible, awful interpretation if not for the fact that so many Jews believed it. The, uh, the Ramam has a strong argument here. After all, when we're hungry, we do eat food and drink water instead of merely sitting back and saying, well... God will provide nutrition for me. And, if so, then we should also use modern medicine, visit doctors, uh, perhaps plant seeds and farm or work for a living. Uh, the Ramam feels very strongly that Hashem intends us to work through the natural order. And no doubt, most of us listening to this shear share the Rambam's intuition. And we seem to be correct. The Torah talks about farming and plowing and planting and working. It is a basic assumption of the Torah that we're intended to work for a living. The Gemara in the sixth pack of Brachot does debate whether we should be working for a living or not. But the conclusion of that sugya is that we should be working for a living. That the path which Chazal suggests for, certainly for the masses of Jews to be taking, is to go out and work for a living. Not only that, the the basic premise of those who say that we should work through the natural order is that there is a natural order. That there are laws of cause and effect. After all, if one believes in the laws of cause and effect, the laws of science, even the most elementary laws of science, then one believes that if you eat, you get healthier. If you starve yourself, 
you ruin your health. If you drink, you get healthier. And we also believe that if we take certain medicines, they will perhaps kill the bacteria and cure diseases. And we believe that if we plant, then statistically we are much more likely to grow crops than if we do not. And if we work for a living, we are statistically likely to enjoy the benefit of an income. And if we do not work for a living, we are it's quite unlikely that we will enjoy that benefit. It's clear that the most elementary belief in the laws of cause and effect in the natural order tells us that the natural order works. Causes lead to effect. Causes lead to effects. And if we want to provide for ourselves, if we want to achieve certain effects, perhaps we don't want to be millionaires, but if we want to be able to support our families, if we want to put food on the table, if we want to preserve our health, we want to preserve our safety, then we have to achieve that by working through the natural order. However, the issue is not so simple because we also tend to believe in the doctrine of hashkacha pratit, of specific acts of divine providence. Even a very sketchy perusal of the Chumash tells us that Hashem gets involved in the way the world works, right? For the for Bnei Yisrael, for Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov, for other heroes of the Chumash, Hashem involved himself in the natural order and took care of their needs. As a matter of fact, we tend to believe that Hashem involves himself in everything that goes on in the world. The doctrine of Hashgachah Pratit tells us that God is involved in every detail of the world, that God is all-powerful and cares to know what goes on in the world and to relate to us through visiting, perhaps, rewards upon us or, unfortunately, at times, punishments in this world. If God controls everything in the world, then what happens to us depends on the will of Hashem. And if we want success in this world, if we want to provide for ourselves, we should do mitzvot, so that Hashem will want to reward us. And we will suffer if chas v'shalom, we do averot and Hashem wants to punish us. So on the one hand, we tend to believe in the natural order, and the Torah seems to support that belief. Things happen because of the laws of science, because of the laws of nature. On the other hand, we tend to believe that things happen because of Hashem, that God runs the world. So, for example, if someone oh, someone makes $1,000, did he earn that money because of the natural order, because of the laws of science, what, they, what we call teva in philosophical Hebrew, or because God wanted to give him that $1,000? And the problem is that it seems to be either one or the other. If we believe in the natural order, then things happen because we make them happen in the laws of science. But then where's God in the equation? But if we believe in Hashkachah Pratit, that everything is controlled by God, as the Gemara says in the second part of Beitzah, the amount of money we are in the air is already fixed by God in His judgment of Rosh Hashanah. That's what He does in Rosh Hashanah. He judges us and determines what will happen to us. Then it doesn't really matter what we do within the natural order. It doesn't matter if you go to work or not. 
if God decided that you'll earn $50,896.05, and that's exactly what you'll earn. And there's no reason that working a little more or working a little less should make a difference. So what does determine our fate? Hashgacha pratit? Or the natural order? And here we have a significant degree of debate among the Rishonim and Acharonim, the medieval and modern Jewish philosophers. And we will uh, summarize three basic schools of thought in resolving this issue and deciding what actually determines what happens to us in the world, the natural order, or direct divine providence. The Rambam's opinion is quite clear. No Jewish philosopher can deny the doctrine of Hashgacha Pratit, of specific divine providence. After all, open the Chumash and we see that Right? Daniel was saved from the den of lions, and Hanani, Mishal, and Azariah emerged unscathed from a fiery furnace. And uh, oh, Yaakov was miraculously saved from the threat posed by Lavan. And the uh, Sarah was uh, rescued from the clutches of Paro. Not to mention the stories that happened to Bnei Yisrael. In Yitziat, this, in Yitziat Mitzrayim, there's 40 years sojourn in the desert. It is very clear that God miraculously takes care of the righteous in this world in accordance with his divine plan. However, the, almost all the cases in Tanakh that seem to be divine providence deal with Santi Kim, with exceptionally righteous and spiritual individuals. Now, that may be because most of Tanakh deals with these individuals. These are the individuals that are interesting to us, uh, that we need to learn about in order to be good Jews. But the Ramah says, no, this is not coincidence. It's not just that these happen to be the main characters in Tanakh. The Rambam, in a few places in the Mordevuchim, uh, specifically, for example, in Book 3, Chapter 18, tells us that divine providence, Hashgacha Pratit, applies only to human beings and not to animals. Why? Because human beings have intelligence and animals do not. And Hashgacha Pratit, the Ramam tells us, is directly proportional to the intellect. But it's not directly proportional to your IQ. Smarter people do not necessarily have more hashgacha pratit. It is directly proportional to the extent to which one actualizes one intellect by meditating on, by thinking about, by recognizing the presence and nature of God. According to the Rambam, hashgacha pratit is not something that God automatically utilizes in running the world. God relates to us, to oversimplify perhaps, God relates to us when we relate to Him. When we open the channel, God's bounty flows through that channel. If we don't bother to create those lines of communication, if we don't bother to pick up the telephone, as it were, and call God, then 
he doesn't bother to call us either. According to the Rambam, there is hashgacha proportional to one's spiritual achievement in understanding the nature of divinity, one's knowledge of God. Therefore, animals have no hashgacha pratit. The ignorant among human beings are not that much, are not that different. However, those who have achieved spiritual, intellectual, philosophical sophistication, those who are aware of the existence of God, those who know a little of the nature of God, those who've studied a bit of philosophy, those who've studied the uh, what the Rambam understands to be the Jewish mystical tradition, the Jewish mystical philosophical tradition, and think about the nature of God, enjoy the benefits of divine providence. And the Rambam tells us that a, uh, not all human beings enjoy equal divine providence. Those who are pious and good and religious enjoy more divine providence because of their understanding of God, which fuels their piety and goodness. Those who are uh, prophets enjoy a higher level because of their deep understanding of Hashem. And therefore, the Rambam tells us that those who are in a very rarefied level of philosophical, spiritual, religious achievement can be assured that God looks out for them in this world. But regular people have no such assurance of divine providence. The wicked, the religiously ignorant, have no divine providence at all. And even regular people, perhaps people like you and me, who may be reasonably religious, when we try to think about God quite often, still have not achieved that level of understanding where we can assume that we are beneficiaries of direct divine providence. For the Rambam, then, most people do not enjoy the full benefit of divine providence all the time. Uh, We do enjoy some providence, but most people in the world do not enjoy 100% divine providence. If so, it makes perfect sense that we are expected to work through the natural order. Because for the Rambam, the natural order exists. The natural order is the default. The scientific way in which the world works is the default way that the world works. When we change the rules by achieving religious, spiritual, philosophical knowledge of God, then our lives begin to be run by the principle of divine providence. But Brahma doesn't give a number, but let's say 90% of the time, the world is run by the natural order and God does not involve himself. And if so, it makes perfect sense that we should be expected to provide for ourselves and to achieve whatever goals we feel the need to achieve by means of the natural order 
Because the natural order is, is the one thing that's guaranteed. The natural order is there. The natural order works. God created the world and created the scientific order and said, this is the way the world's going to run until I get involved in someone's life because they open the door and let me in. And even then, God is only involved partially to the extent that someone partially perfects themselves and meditates upon Hashem. The, uh, of course, this doesn't mean that when we don't enjoy divine providence, God has no part in our lives. There's still hashgachah klalit. God still generally arranges the world in such a way that our needs are provided for. Right? If I eat, it's because God created the idea of food, created plants, created animals, created the uh, rain cycle, etc. So we still say brachot, thank you Hashem, who created the fruit of the tree when I eat an apple. But not necessarily because he created this fruit of the tree because he wanted me to have it today. Hashkachah Khalid is always present. God generally created a wonderful world which provides for much of our needs. And it's our job to appreciate that. But Hashkachah Pratit, did God particularly accomplish every single thing? When I stubbed my toe, was that God? When I win the lottery, was that God's direct intervention? Perhaps not. Most of the time, not. Rather, it was the natural order. It is often understood that the Ramban stands in stark, even fierce opposition to the stance of the Ramban. The Ramban does say, in two places, in his commentary in Shemot, Perk Yud Gimel, Pasuk Tet Zayin, as well as in a work called, in a sermon, a drusha, called Torah Hashem Tamima, the Ramam says, you cannot even be called a Jew until you believe that everything that happens is a miracle. There is no natural order of the world. Rather, the only rule of science is if we do mitzvot, we can expect reward. And if we transgress the Torah, we can expect a punishment by decree of Hashem. Ramban makes it sound like there is no natural order, only the principle of Hashgacha Pratit. And there are those who understand the general approach to the Ramban based on what he says in these two places. However, that the Ramban, the general approach to the Ramban, seems to be much more sophisticated. Perhaps the most famous comment to the Ramban is in his comments to Parshat B'chugotai, Vayikra, Perak Chafav, Pasuk Yud Aleph. The Ramban tells us that, ideally, we should turn to God and not to doctors and not use medicine to heal ourselves. When the Jews are perfect, and many, when the masses of the Jews are perfect, that is, their lives will not be run by the natural order, but rather only by Hashem, Hashem will be their doctor. And that's what he tells us the righteous did in the time of prophecy, in the time of the Tanakh. If they got sick, 
they would not go to doctors, but would go to a prophet and ask them which their actions needed to be improved and do tshuva and improve their actions so that Hashem would cure them. Someone who has access to God through a prophet doesn't go to doctors. What business do doctors have in the house of someone who fulfills the will of God? And this is what the rabbis meant. They interpret the words in the Torah that the doctor has permission to heal. Ideally, the doctor should go and heal the patient. But the Chazal never said that the patient should seek medical care, only that the doctor should provide it. The patient should ideally put all of his trust in God and not in the natural order. However, if the patient has already put his trust in the natural order, then the doctor has no choice but to heal him because that is the only option left. As the Rambam tells us, that when someone puts their faith in the natural order, then their lives are run via the natural order. When someone puts their faith in God, then their lives are run by the principle of direct divine providence, hashgacha pratit. The Ramam here, on the one hand, seems to take an anti-Maimonidean, the Ramban here, on the one hand, seems to take an anti-Maimonidean stance. What place the doctors have in the house of someone who serves God? We turn to Hashem, not to the natural order. But on the other hand, he doesn't deny the existence of the natural order. The Ramban tells us that We are accustomed to use medicine, to use the scientific order. Therefore, God abandoned us to the happenstance of the scientific order of Teva. The Ramban here acknowledges that Teva exists. The Ramban acknowledges the existence of the natural order. However, he thinks that it is preferable to live by faith in God and not by the natural order. However, if we read the Ramban very carefully... What are the examples he uses of those who should not seek medical help, but rather turn directly to God? When the Jews are perfect, when the masses of Jews are perfect. The righteous during the time of prophecy. The Ramban is talking about people on a very, very high spiritual level. People on a very high spiritual level, according to the Ramban, enjoy the benefit of Constant divine prophecy, uh, constant divine providence, and have no business working through the natural order. The implication, though, is that regular people in regular times, the average Jew, even the righteous Jew nowadays, when the masses of Jews are far from perfect, unfortunately, and when prophecy has not been restored to us, are not on the high spiritual level on which they could have a reasonable expectation of direct divine providence in their lives, and perhaps should go to doctors. Once humanity has fallen to the point where the masses of Jews are no longer perfect, and we no longer enjoy prophecy, maybe we nowadays find ourselves on a level where, although 
everything that happens in the world is under direct divine providence and God decides what happens perhaps for us for regular people in the contemporary era God has decided to abandon us to the workings of science of the natural order and no longer gives us direct divine providence this is explicitly the opinion of the Ramban in a number of places in Sefer Breshit Perak Yudchet Pasuk Yotet the Ramban interprets the difficult Pasuk where Hashem says about Abraham Ki Yedativ I know him Ramban says what does that mean God knows Abraham doesn't God know everything says knowledge here means divine providence Hashem exercises divine providence partid on Abraham because Abraham is on such a high spiritual level but for the rest of us we are munachim bolamikrim we are left to chance we are just left to the natural order until the time comes when God visits a reward or punishment upon us Bachasidav, the great pious ones then Hashem pays attention to specifically know him and to continually guard him righteous people like Abraham have constant divine providence but the rest of us are left to the spiritual order Likewise, the Ramban says in Breshit Perik Lamed Bet Pasuk Dalid regarding Yaakov that the encounter between Yaakov and Esav teaches us that Hashem exercised divine providence and saved Yaakov because of Yaakov's righteousness. But on the other hand, Yaakov wasn't sure that he was righteous enough to enjoy divine providence and therefore prepared using natural means to convince Esav to fight Esav he made various preparations working within the natural world because he wasn't sure we know he was on the level to enjoy divine providence but he was I guess a bit more humble and wasn't certain of that now if even Yaakov Avinu was not certain enough that he enjoyed constant divine providence and worked through the natural order the clear implication is that we should as well and in his commentary to Sefer Eov, Perak Lamed Vav, Pasuk Zayin, the Ramban says explicitly that his understanding of divine providence is exactly the way the Rambam explained it in the Mornevuchim. He quotes, he doesn't plagiarize, he attributes properly, he quotes the language of the Rambam in the Mornevuchim and tells us that, Raglei Chasidav Yishmor, Eina Shemel Yireyav. God pays attention, God exercises divine providence on the righteous. But not necessarily, or not fully, on the average person, and certainly not on the wicked. And therefore, the Ramban tells us, that's why the Torah expects us to live via the natural order. The Torah tells us when we have a war, to raise an army, to conscript an army, and to go out and fight. Why not just sit in Davin and wait for Hashem to send uh, lightning bolts from heaven to kill our enemies? Because the Ramban says we can't always expect to be on such a high spiritual level that we enjoy constant divine providence. Rather, we have to work under the assumption that we may not always be on God's radar screen, as it were. We may not always be experiencing divine providence, and therefore, we have to work through their natural order. The Ramban tells us, if God wants us to win, 
We wouldn't need an army, we would win. If God wants us to lose a war, chas v'shalom, no matter what army we had, we would lose. But sometimes, God doesn't want any particular result, because he's not exercising divine providence at that point. And that's why it's so important that we work through the natural order. The Ramban would uh, perhaps seem to be a Zionist, even in this, in this particular commentary. We work through the natural order because not everything always is decreed by Hashem. Now, there's still one important difference. As much as the Ramban uh, explains to us that his philosophy is Maimonidean, there's still one crucial difference between the Ramban and the Rambam, which is the Ramban in a few places, including the commentary to Eov, tells us that divine providence can be positive or negative. If someone is really good, then Hashem watches and guards them and rewards them all the time. If someone is really bad, God will intervene in the world to punish them. But if you're somewhere in the middle, you're not wicked to the point where you're chayav mitah, where you're liable for the death penalty, on the other hand, you're not righteous enough for God to pay constant attention to you, then you are left to the natural order. The Rambam is slightly different. The Rambam is very clear that divine providence can only be positive. There is no negative divine providence. Divine providence is purely a function of one's connection to Hashem, and therefore the more connected one is to God, the more divine providence. The more disconnected one is, the the, the less divine providence. And punishment only occurs in this world because when God removes his providence from someone, it's a tough world out there, and that person is bound to end up in trouble eventually. So there is a subtle but crucial difference. For the Rabban, divine providence is more mechanistic. It is purely a function of one's spiritual level, and only for good. For the Rabban, it is more volitional on God's behalf. God decides when someone is wicked enough to exercise divine providence and punish them, when one is righteous enough, God exercises divine providence and constantly pays attention to and guards them. But when one is in the middle, like most people, then we are often left to the natural order. What both the Ramban and the Rambam have in common, though, is that, and again, that this is not a popular view in contemporary Jewish philosophy. Uh, and I'm not uh, promising that it should be. But the Ramban and the Rambam both believe that divine providence is not the default automatic way in which the world works. God sometimes involves himself through the principle of Hashgachah Pratit, but often does not. And the natural order is the authentic way in which God created the world to run when he doesn't decide to get involved and change things. From the Ramban and the Rambam, then, the answer to the question of faith versus effort, bitachon versus hishtadlot, is fairly clear. We are expected to take care of providing our needs in this world to the best we can using the natural order because none of us are arrogant enough to assume Remember, Yaakov Avinu was not arrogant enough to assume that he would enjoy divine providence. None of us are more righteous than Yaakov Avinu. We are, not arrogant, we are not arrogant enough to assume that we are so holy and so spiritual and so righteous that we have constant divine providence. 
Of course, we strive to be more and more holy spiritual, holy, spiritual, and righteous. We strive to enjoy more and more divine providence. And at least according to the Ramban, perhaps our ideal goal or ultimate goal is to reach the highest spiritual levels and abandon the natural order. But nonetheless, in regular life, the Ramban and Rambam would have us believe, would have us work through the natural order because we can never be guaranteed and we can never be certain that anything that happens to us in our lives is the result of God's direct intervention. It, we may, our success, our financial success, our health, the various things that befall us in life over the next uh, couple of years may be purely a function of the natural order. And therefore, we have to take care of ourselves because Hashem is not always taking care of us. We may not be quite that righteous. This is the first school of thought, which tells us that we are commanded to work through the natural order because Hashgachapartit is limited. Of course, it exists. All Jewish philosophers, basically all Jewish philosophers agree that there is such thing as divine providence on specific individual, on the specific individual level, but Hashgachapartit is limited perhaps to the righteous or to those situations where God has decided that someone deserves a great reward or punishment. The everyday life of everyday, regular, mediocre people does not necessarily involve God's divine intervention. And therefore, because even though we strive to be excellent people, we may be mediocre, therefore we work through the natural order. In the next shiur, Bezrat Hashem, we will discuss the second school of thought, the diametrically opposed school of thought in Jewish philosophy, which tells us that divine providence is a constant feature of the world, and we'll see what happens to the natural order according to that philosophy.